0: Thinking about the country of Ireland may conjure up images of peaceful rolling green hills, old crumbling castles full of history and beautiful coastal towns. But beneath the beauty of the landscape and the charm of the culture lies a darkness. In today's episode of Cold Case Detective, we'll be exploring two strange missing person cases from Ireland. Connor and Sheila Dwyer. The sudden vanishing of a married couple from County Cork in 1991 has baffled both amateur detectives and local authorities alike. The bizarre disappearance occurred almost 30 years ago, but still there are no answers in this extremely cold case. Connor and Sheila Dwyer lived and worked in Fermoy, County Cork in 1991. Connor, 63, had previously been employed as a plumber and handyman, but had most recently taken up work as a chauffeur for a wealthy German businessman named Fritz Wolf, who was holidaying in a nearby village. According to reports, Connor was having the time of his life in this occupation, as it allowed him to drive the flashy cars he had been dreaming of owning since he was just a child their neighborhood was not the most affluent, meaning neighbors didn't miss the shiny Rolls Royce that sometimes sat at the front of their house. It wasn't subtle and it stuck out like a sore thumb. While Connor was in his element with his new career path, Sheila, 61, was a homemaker. The couple's two grown children had since left the nest, both choosing to move to England, but Sheila kept herself busy throughout the day with cooking, errand running, and other household tasks. Friends and neighbors noted that she was always well-dressed and made a consistent effort with her appearance. Nothing seemed amiss in the pair's life when they suddenly stopped answering their telephone and vanished one day from their home without a trace. Connor and Sheila were last seen attending a funeral at St. Patrick's Church in Fermoy on April 30th, 1991. The church was just 100 meters from the couple's Chapel Hill home and they made it back safely that evening, Sheila spoke with one of her sisters on the phone. It is unclear when exactly the Dwyers vanished. The last time anyone spoke to the couple was on May 1st, when again, one of Sheila's sisters spoke to her on the phone, but subsequent calls to the residents went unanswered. There are conflicting reports about when the couple were reported missing. Some sources say May 19th, while others say May 22nd. Either way, It's clear there is a gap of around three weeks in which the pair's movements are not accounted for. It's unclear why nobody reported the couple missing, not friends, nor family, nor neighbors during that time. One of the Dwyer's children, also named Connor, said he had last spoken to his parents on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. He reported that nothing had seen amiss with the couple. The Dwyers were finally reported missing when one of Sheila's sisters went to the home after failing to contact either half of the couple. She was met with a silent, empty house and she alerted the local authorities. When the guard arrived on the scene, they immediately began to investigate. Nothing seemed out of place and nothing was missing. There were no signs of a struggle or forced entry. The couple's personal belongings, including clothes and passports were found in the home. A biscuit tin kept in the house still contained around 2,100 euros. The only thing the Garda couldn't locate was the couple themselves and their car, a white Toyota with the registration plate 5797ZT. In the years since their disappearance, no trace of the Dwyers has ever been found. Their bank accounts have never been accessed and their car has never been located. Since the River Blackwater runs through the town, authorities conducted an exhaustive search of the water and the surrounding countryside, all to no avail. Shortly after their vanishing, Interpol was alerted and ferry records were combed through for any sign of either the couple's car or their presence on any of the ships. But once again, this lead was a dead end and no sign of the Dwyer's was found. Although there have been no confirmed sightings of the couple since 1991, several witnesses stepped forward in the years following their disappearance, claiming to have seen them alive and well. One local woman believed she had seen the pair in their car stopped at a set of traffic lights in Fermoy just shortly after the couple were thought to have vanished. There have also been different sightings in the cities of Dublin and Waterford. In 1993, the case was featured on an episode of Crime Call, the Irish equivalent to UK's crime watch program. After seeing the show, a woman reported seeing the couple at Lourdes Airport in France in June of 1991. She said that the man appeared suspicious because he wore a long trench coat and kept a constant careful eye on his wife while he went to grab a newspaper. She thought it seemed like he was worried the woman would talk to somebody else while she sat and waited for his return. She said when the man returned to his wife, he said something to her and they both left. The witness claimed that the couple both had Irish accents. At the time, she was unaware of the missing pair and thus didn't report the sighting sooner. She added that she was later interviewed by authorities with one of Sheila's sisters and that apparently the clothing she had described matched the clothing that was missing from the house, presumably the clothing the couple had worn when they went missing as no other garments were reported as gone from the home. Another interesting sighting came that same year in 1993, when a witness recalled seeing the pair at a Munich airport. This conversation was particularly interesting to the Garda, considering before his disappearance, Connor had been working for a German businessman. However, neither the Bavarian Police Department nor Interpol could confirm this sighting. Another unclear detail in the couple's case was whether or not Connor was working for Fritz Wolf at the time of his vanishing, or if he had stopped, perhaps because Wolf had returned to Germany. If Connor was still under Wolf's employment when he went missing, why had Wolf not reported his driver as missing? In the year 2000, new information led authorities to search a lime quarry about 45 minutes from Fermoy. However, this search turned up no new leads. One of the most curious aspects of the case is that it is shrouded in rumor and hearsay. Reddit forum users have noticed their family's reluctance to discuss the case, while accusations range from Connor orchestrating a murder-suicide plot to the 63-year-old being involved accidentally in a drug-running business. One particularly interesting whisper involves Connor disappearing for several years back in the 1980s. It is unclear where this rumor started and it is unknown why he left or returned if the rumor is true. It's also been speculated that the couple took their own lives together in a suicide pact. This theory arose because Connor's brother mentioned that he had suffered from depression before. If Connor really did disappear in the prior decade, then perhaps his mental health struggles played a role in that too. One theory in the case postulates that the couple's vanishing is linked to the disappearance of William Billy Fennessy, who vanished from Fermoy almost exactly a year prior. William was of a similar age and his car was also missing. However, his body and car were both pulled from the River Blackwater in 2013. The theory that appears to be the most likely is that the couple suffered the same tragic fate as William Fennessy but their vehicle and bodies have simply not yet been found. The couple's more outspoken son, Connor, claimed in a 2008 interview that his parents had no enemies and were not disliked. They were friendly and respectable and well-known in the community. He also noted his belief that they were still alive, but added, the not knowing keeps you awake at night. I wonder what the hell was going through their minds. There's a void of information, It's very bizarre and inexplicable. It is a living nightmare. There have been very few updates in the couple's case in recent years. There have never been any suspects or theories announced to the public and authorities have stated their belief that the couple's vehicle is likely the key to the case. Until then, the disappearance of Sheila and Connor Dwyer remains unsolved. If you have any information on the vanishing of the Dwyers, you can contact the Fermoy Garda on 25 821 Mary Boyle, if you're an Irish viewer, you are likely familiar with the name Mary Boyle. The missing six-year-old's case is not only controversial, but also extremely tragic. Mary has been dubbed Ireland's Madeleine McCann in recent years her vanishing is the longest running missing child case in the Republic of Ireland. Born June 14th of 1970, Mary Boyle was a vibrant and talkative little girl. She had an older brother, Paddy, and a twin sister, Anne. Mary and Anne were reportedly inseparable with Mary being the boldest of the two. Although originally born in Birmingham, the young girl moved with her family to Ballyshannon in Ireland in the early 70s. Mary was last seen at around 3.30 p.m. on March 18th, 1977. She was playing with her cousins and siblings near her grandparents' rural farm, which the family had been visiting since St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. While playing, the six-year-old saw her uncle heading off with a ladder, which he was returning to a neighbor, and she decided to tag along. However, her journey was cut short when the two came across a large bog. Defeated, Mary turned back to return home. The trip should have lasted no more than five minutes, but the little girl never returned home. Mary's uncle stayed at the neighbor's farm for around 30 minutes, engaged in conversation with the occupants. Meanwhile, her family began to search for the six-year-old, scouring the local area and questioning passers-by. In one article by the Irish Independent newspaper, a fisherman reported seeing Mary being snatched by somebody in a red Volkswagen Beetle. However, this witness apparently clarified his statement on a BBC podcast by stating that he had not seen Mary being taken, but he had seen a suspicious red vehicle in the area at the time. When the guard arrived on the scene, they sprung into action, draining bogs in the area in an attempt to uncover her body. The lake behind Mary's grandparents' house was also drained and authorities filmed a reconstruction of her last known movements using her twin sister, Anne. A famous Irish country music star named Margot O'Donnell, who was a friend and distant relative of the family, caught wind of the case and funded searches for Mary on the surrounding hillside by selling new music. Searches have been regularly carried out since 1977, but so far, Mary has never been located. Mary's case is extremely controversial. There are unclear details, conflicting reports, and allegations of corruption surrounding it. It is widely believed that a politician stops law enforcement from detaining and questioning a prime suspect in the case. Thus, it has never been solved. One of the loudest voices supporting this belief is a right-wing journalist named Gemma O'Doherty. O'Doherty is a determined journalist who has not only written about the case in publications, but has also created a documentary about the disappearance called Mary Boyle, The Untold Truth. The documentary is available to watch on YouTube, although O'Doherty herself was banned from the platform in 2019 for repeatedly violating YouTube's hate speech policies. O'Doherty is largely considered to be a controversial character herself. She's known to be a racist anti vaxxer with anti LGBTQ beliefs. Reportedly, her news gathering ethics have also been called into question in the past. That said, her theory pertaining to Mary's case can't be entirely discredited, as there are several pieces of evidence supporting corruption and a cover up. In her documentary, Gemma suggests the theory that Mary was sexually abused and murdered. Her sister, Anne, and several other relatives have publicly claimed that they know what happened to the six-year-old and they know who the culprit is. Anne supports O'Doherty's theory and says the perpetrator is still alive and still living in the country. In the documentary, Anne can be heard saying, "'I believe Mary had a secret. "'I believe Mary had to be killed to stop her telling.'" However, this claim has not come without a cost. Anne no longer speaks to her mother and the Boyle family is largely divided as a result of their split beliefs. In 2016, the twins' mother, also called Anne, called the appeals, the most ridiculous carry-on I have ever seen in my life. Margot O'Donnell recalled asking the politician, the one who allegedly stopped the interview with the prime suspect, if he had done such a thing the politician denied any involvement and branded Margot a bare-faced liar. The initial suspect was released without charge and does not appear to have ever been named in any newspaper reports. According to O'Doherty, the politician was not only friends with the suspect, but also had a good relationship with the superintendent who was in charge of the case. A detective sergeant named Aidan Murray has also confirmed that he was close to a confession from the prime suspect when a superior officer ordered him to rein it in. Murray added that he had also witnessed the call between the politician and law enforcement, which instructed the guarder not to question the suspect further. The politician who intervened in the Mary Boyle case is alleged to have been a man named Sean McKenniff who passed away in 2017. When still alive, McKenniff was supposedly surrounded by accusations of sexual abuse and grooming. Mary's uncle, Jerry Gallagher, reportedly worked for him. Many believe that Jerry Gallagher is responsible for the disappearance of his niece. Anne Boyle has never outright accused her uncle, but armchair detectives have put two and two together. According to O'Doherty's documentary, Gallagher gave conflicting statements over the years and apparently didn't even admit that Mary had been with him when she initially went missing. The documentary is not without its criticisms, even from those who starred in it, but it does give viewers some compelling information. Even if no politicians were involved, it appears that law enforcement's efforts to find the murderer of a six-year-old girl were severely lacking. Other suspects in Mary's case are few and far between. In 2014, a man named Brian McCann who had been jailed for two years for several sex offenses just a few years before, was pulled in for questioning, but later released without charge. He has publicly denied any involvement with the six-year-old's disappearance. Another man who was considered a suspect for a time was the infamous Scottish serial killer and pedophile, Robert Black. He was thought to have been involved when authorities discovered that he was a cross-border truck driver, who, as part of his job, often visited that same county from which Mary vanished. He was even known to have been in the area at the time of her disappearance. One witness even claimed they heard crying coming from the back of his van, which was parked outside of a pub in the village of Anagri. However, he has since been dismissed as a suspect. Mary's case, according to the Garda, is not cold. Although the family have little faith in law enforcement and don't believe they will ever see justice. In 2018, a silent protest was held outside the coroner's office in the town of Stranola. Participants aimed to force the coroner to hold an inquest into Mary's disappearance, allowing key witnesses to be interviewed on the public record for the first time. Protesters also handed in a petition with 10,000 signatures demanding an inquest be held. This does not appear to have been successful, however. There are claims that Mary's mother has continually denied any inquests into the six-year-old's disappearance. There are many theories in Mary's case. Most believe that Jerry Gallagher was involved and that O'Doherty's cover-up theory is truthful. Others have pointed to the suspicious actions of Mary's mother and suggested that the parents helped cover up the crime in some way. It's also been postulated that the six-year-old was involved in an accident, but nobody wanted to admit it, or that perhaps Mary never even left the cottage at all, suggesting she was killed in the home. Mary's father passed away in a fishing accident in 2005 the rest of the family remains split by their opinions on what really happened to the little girl. To this day, her case is still unsolved. And there you have the facts. Please leave a comment down below with your own theories and speculations. And remember to like this video and subscribe to support the channel. You can also support us on Patreon access to behind-the-scenes content and the chance to have your hometown featured in an upcoming Cold Case episode. Thank you for watching. Stay alert, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.